The reading this morning is taken from Mark 16, verses 1 to 8. That's Mark 16, verses 1 to 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone, because they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Helen. Good morning. Good morning. Let me have my own welcome to that which Neil has already given. My name is Adam. I'm vicar of St. Jude. It's wonderful to be with you uh, this morning and to be uh, just thinking for a couple of minutes about uh, this passage today being Easter. Um, I only have one Easter joke, so shall we get it out of the way this year, and then you don't ever have to hear it again. Is that all right? There was a man driving his car on the Saturday before Easter, and suddenly he ran over a bunny, and he got out, and he thought, oh no, I've killed the Easter bunny. He was so terrified that Easter would be cancelled because he thought he'd killed the Easter bunny. He started to cry. And a lady driving another car saw him crying, stopped and said, what on earth is wrong? And he said, I've killed the Easter bunny. There'll be no Easter. And she went over and looked and went, it does look very much like that's what's happened. Don't worry, she says, I've got just the thing. She went to her car, pulled out an, aerial, uh, an aerosol can, went over to the dead bunny on the ground, sprayed it over the dead bunny, and then suddenly it came back to life. It got up, it jumped a few yards down the road, turned around and waved. It then jumped a few more yards down the road, turned around and waved. Went a bit further, turned around and waved. The man was astonished. What on earth is in that can? She says it's hairspray. It restores life to dead hair, and it adds permanent wave. <laughs> I promise never to tell that joke again in this service. I don't normally start by telling a joke, but perhaps this year we feel like we might need a little bit of cheer, a little bit of a giggle, uh, or even an appalling joke like that one. I stood here last with the congregation uh, before me uh, East, uh, on Christmas Day. 
And I said how difficult the last year had been. And the last three months, in some ways, haven't been much easier. All of us, over the last year or so, have experienced loss in some way or another, whether that's the loss of a loved one or whether it's the loss of situations, of time with friends or family, or even just time here with our church community. We've been in a time of waiting, waiting perhaps over the last few months, waiting for things to get better, waiting for things to return to the new normal, whatever the new normal is. Perhaps over the last few months, we've been on years, in fact, we've been through times of trial and pain of our own. I think Lent, which has come to an end now, you might be pleased to hear, might, see, might mirror that season of waiting in our lives. Perhaps it's been a time of stripping things away, of doing without. Of course, Good Friday reminds us that Jesus knows the depth and the pain of our suffering. And yet these events always lead towards one day. Today, the most important day in the Christian calendar, Easter Day. There's been a lot of talk recently about this new normal. There's been a lot of hope. You might be able to feel it tangibly about uh, ourselves as we think about what life might feel like once this pandemic is over. But I think that this is where the analogy should change. It doesn't quite fit. Because for us, the events of Easter shouldn't return us to how we were before, although I suspect for some of us have already gone back to eating chocolate, I know I have, or having sugar in our tea, perhaps. No, it shouldn't just return us to how we were before. The events of Easter should change us to a new beginning, one with Christ at the very center. I wonder how many of you have been given one of these before in the past, uh, a Rubik's uh, Cube. Uh, when they arrive, they usually look a bit like this. And those of us that like order and, uh, and structure in our lives like these, they're perfect. All the colors are on the, on the right side. Everything is fine. And in some ways, this is how God created the world to be. He had a perfect design for creation. Back in Genesis, he looked at the world and he saw that it was good. But then sin entered the world. And slowly but surely, the world wasn't perfect anymore. But God sent us Jesus, his son. And it says in the Gospels that he came to seek and to save that which has been lost. Jesus didn't enter that perfect world. He entered a world that looked more messed up. Our lives, before we accept Jesus, perhaps look more like this. Just as Jesus came as a perfect gift into an imperfect world, he longs for us to know him as the perfect gift in our imperfect worlds. Now, I could spend hours trying to fix this. I'm not very good uh, with Rubik's Cubes. Here's another one, uh, which I tried to fix and failed. If you're good at them, you're welcome to have a go at fixing that uh, later. This one is, in fact, a special Rubik's Cube, because if I do... That. Mm. There we go. Look at that. It's back to being as it was. That's quite clever, right? Thanks. Thanks, Neil. Thanks. You didn't need to give me a clap, but that is quite clever. Some of us think that in order to be a Christian, 
we need to sort the mess out for ourselves, to spend hours with this one, perhaps, trying to make it right. But the reality of Easter is that Jesus came into an imperfect world, and through him, he died on the cross so that we would be known as perfect and spotless. It says in 1 Peter, it is not through the things that you have to offer, the things that you do, but only through the precious blood of Jesus that you are redeemed. So what does that mean for us this Easter then, I wonder? Well, for those of us who haven't yet experienced God in our lives, who don't yet know him, this is an invitation perhaps to to think about that, to receive that perfect gift for the first time. For those of us who've been Christians for a little longer, though, perhaps we need to be reminded that God comes in the mess of our lives, and he longs to be involved in all of our lives. Perhaps we need to remember that we don't need to try and solve things ourselves, but that we just need to draw near to the one who promises that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And perhaps, finally, that didn't, Jesus didn't come just to return us to some sort of life like before. When we become a Christian, he's not returning us back to the life we had before. A life lived with Jesus should see radical transformation as we become more like him, see him at work in our lives, transforming us from one to the other. We're all hopeful of a vaccine and continuing to go well, of this being the end of lockdowns. But the story of Easter is one of a new life, of a new hope, and a new beginning. And that hope is far greater than any vaccine that can be offered. So let's remember afresh what it was that Jesus came to do. He met us in this mess, and he came to die on a cross so that we can each be redeemed, we can each be saved. He came to seek and to save that which had been lost and to welcome us into a new life with him. Let's pray together for a moment. Lord God, we thank you so much that you came amongst the mess to save. We thank you for that cross. We thank you that you rose again and that through your death and resurrection, we are made clean. Lord Jesus, would you help us to remember that it is not through our strength, but through you. Would you point us to a hope that is well beyond anything we could ask or imagine? And call us into a deeper relationship with you that will see our whole lives transformed and changed for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We've uh, come towards uh, the point where we're going to sing our final hymn together. And uh, for those of you in the building, we're going to do that outside, which is rather uh, exciting. Uh, There are two ways in which you can get outside. Uh, You can either go through the garden room, so over towards there where, where Susie is, or you can go through here 